So to answer your question, this is how I do it. My dad taught me this lesson when I was younger. Um, people don't have to be perfect for you to love them. Um, and he taught me that. And I, and I never really got what it meant until I needed some grace and mercy. Um, and then I realized, oh, that's what that means. That people don't have to be perfect for you to love them. Yes, we need to set boundaries. Yes, you're not going to treat me any type of way. Yes, I, I agree with all of the above. But you don't have to be perfect for me to love you. So one of the reasons why I'm so um, forgiving of my community um, and still able to want to do better is because people don't have to be perfect for you to love them. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you are all doing great out there today. Um, we have a really awesome interview and topic for you. But first, um, I want to just discuss real quick what we're going to be talking about. So the topic for our discussion for today, our interview today, is Beyond Commitment. Now, a lot of times we look at commitment as be as the ultimate level of, you know, enthusiasm or attachment. And I don't believe that's the case. I think commitment is a default reaction to a set of circumstances in which we need to overcome or to survive in. And so I think being beyond commitment, you know, uh, uh, helps us or, or encourages us, inspires us. Uh, to really evaluate what our commitments are. And so uh, I'm super excited to have this conversation uh, with our guest for today. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. And then, I'll, of course, she'll tell you about herself. So our guest today is a clinical uh, mental health therapist and a mental health activist. She's the founder of Love Heals All LLC and the Southside Love is the brand that she likes to go by. And she is an incredible human being. She has an ability to pull people together with such a love and genuine energy. You can't help but have a good time. She single-handedly puts together these massive business and family-friendly expos in which we share business cards, we buy each other's merchandise, we support each other's businesses, but then we also sit down and we learn about each other in these um, these these sessions, these these mental health therapy sessions, you know, and, and, and it's, it's really interesting because we often look at each other through the eyes of social media or just high and by, and we don't give each other enough time to really be as nuanced as we are. And, uh, our guest, uh, our, our, listen, I've been trying to get her on a podcast for a minute now. So I'm super excited <laughs> to have her here with us. Amari Love, how you doing? Good. Uh, it's a good day to be alive. For absolutely. Sure. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much for taking your time to, to be here today. There's a million other things you could have been doing. And I appreciate you taking a moment and, and spending it with Empower You Podcast and with myself and with all of us who are listening. So much love to you. So um, let's get into it. Like, let's let's hear a little bit about you. Um, I know some things about you, but I, I'm sure I don't know everything. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, uh, and what gets you up every day. Every time I get asked this question, I always think, like, should I tell, like, my Zodiac sign or, like, <laughs> tell them if I like walks in the park? I mean... or what do I say but no? <laughs> And then you said, um, what do you want people to know about you? Um, I want people to know that I am a therapist. Um, that's a big deal to me. I want people to know that mental health means everything to me. Um, 
what gets me up every day was the fact that, you know, number one, I have two goddaughters that I've been raising since birth. And I have nephews that are looking up to me and they deserve a better world. Um, they deserve our efforts to make the world different, um, be the change that we want to see as much as possible. And then secondly, I feel like um, I'm here for a reason. I'm walking in a purpose. Um, I have a brain disease that I got diagnosed with when I was 14 years old. And after flatlining and going through all of these things with the hospital and them having to do these emergency brain surgery and my family's entire life being shifted, I left that situation like, yeah, I need to be doing something. I'm here for a reason. So then in 2018, when I had to have two back-to-back -back emergency brain surgeries again, um, it made me realize I need to be moving and doing everything that I'm here to do. So it made me more active. And since then, that's where the Southside Love Link Up came in. There, that's when I got a lot more vocal about mental health and the need to take care of ourselves and love on ourselves. Um, my last name is Love. It's not just like some gimmick. <laughs> and I feel like I really was just born into this, you know, to just love on my community, love on the people around me. Um, the South Side of Fort Wayne raised me and uh, I need to keep that love going so it don't die down. And I've seen it die during the pandemic because we are not like the North and the West that have malls and businesses and things going on. Everything about the South Side is community. Everything about the South Side is each other and family. And that's what we do over here because that's how we survive over mm. here. Um, so seeing that go away because of the pandemic made me so sad. And so that was the start of me wanting to do this little block party <laughs> that turned into <laughs> this now annual expo of a good time. Um, a time for those small businesses to show some love, for us to pass out business cards. For us to just shake hands, kiss babies, and just show some love. Absolutely. You know? Listen, that you can't not be smiling at your the love link ups. They just have an energy and it's just it's just contagious. Life is so fragile. You know, and I don't think we really pay enough attention to that. The idea, the arrogance to think that we're going to wake up in the morning and get to do whatever it is we should have done today. It's just wild. Yeah. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? So, you know, hearing you, you speak about the urgency that you feel um, to take action, I just think that is super inspiring. And it's something that we can all learn from, you know? And uh, so, yeah, that's... That's incredible. That's incredible. Would you say that um, you receive any type of resistance or pushback in, in the way that you attack your life? Absolutely. Um, I am very vocal about being a lesbian. Um, I'm very vocal about just being who I am. Um, I think I get pushback because I don't, I don't, I don't come in the normal packages of what you would think would be out in the forefront and in this leadership role. Um, I'm tatted up, I'm loud, I'm extra, all of the above. <laughs> and sometimes they don't think that there's a rhyme or reason. I mean, there's a way that it looks and I don't look like any of that. Yeah. Um, I'm very transparent and try to be as authentic as I can be. And so with that comes the pushback of, you should hide these parts. You should not talk about these parts. You should dress up these parts and, um, yeah, not doing that anymore. So the pushback that I get is that I don't fit in everyone's box. There are certain therapists that won't collaborate with me. There are certain churches that mm. won't back me. Um, certain community mm. leaders that don't want to deal with me. Um, and I get it. And I, I love them to death. And I understand that you have something to protect. And I may not fit that, but that's great. Like, everyone needs whatever they're going to get from it. But I'm not one of those. I can't anymore. Oh, yes. <laughs> mm. You talked about the South Side of Fort Wayne um, and, and how everything is community and that's how we survive and stuff. Like, you experience feeling outside of that community at times. So how do you, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay engaged? Because sometimes for me, you know, I'm not from Fort Wayne anyway. You know, so if I don't meet somebody somewhere and 
legitimately connect or something like that like i don't know who the players are i only know who i interact with and in you know in what i do and uh so but i feel that disconnect so to be from here and to feel and to hear you saying that you feel that disconnect too how does does that like i don't know how does that how do you you stay engaged with that even though you feel like okay, we're all from the same spot, but y'all don't accept me for fully being who I am. When I accept you, how does that work? That's such a good question because you're absolutely right. Um, I grew up in a very um, known church in the city, and when I came out, the way that I was treated shifted how I felt about religion altogether. So to answer your question, this is how I do it. My dad taught me this lesson when I was younger. Um, people don't have to be perfect for you to love them. Um, and he taught me that. And I and I never really got what it meant until I needed some grace and mercy. Um, and then I realized, oh, that's what that means. That people don't have to be perfect for you to love them. Yes, we need to set boundaries. Yes, you're not going to treat me any type of way. Yes, I, I agree with all of you, but, but you don't have to be perfect for me to love you. So one of the reasons why I'm so... Um, forgiving of my community um, and still able to want to do better is because people don't have to be perfect for you to love them. Plus, I decided I want to be the change I want to see. So if I do back to them what they did to me, I'm not exhibiting what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm trying to shift the environment. I'm trying to shift the atmosphere. Um, I want and then those churches and those community leaders that love on me, we're shifting the atmosphere because they like, they get Mari and I get them. And we can meet in the middle on that love thing. And so the way that I do it is I decide that I stay in my lane. Uh, one of the things I tell my clients all the time is the biggest goal that I have for every last one of my clients, from my 10 year old client to my 64 year old client, is I want them to be able to be them all the time. And so I don't want anybody to shift who they are. And so I'm gonna keep being me no matter where I'm at, um, despite of. Um, and that's the only way we can shift the environment is to make that decision, not let the environment shift us. So that's the, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> and that takes grace to, uh, and it takes a level of maturity to see people that way. Um, and, that might come naturally for you, but that's huge, Mari, because folks can't do that. It doesn't come naturally for me. I had to work to get. I used to, I used to have this arrogance about me that I didn't need to extend that type of grace and mercy. I realized I needed some, and there were some things that people had to forgive me for, and some things I did wrong, and I wanted them so bad to see me despite of. And the only way that I could do that is to do it back and still love when, you know, even when I'm mad at you, still love even when I don't understand. It's so still love even when I'm frustrated because people don't literally don't have to be perfect for you to love them because you don't want to attach that level of perfectionism with love because then people will always believe that love is conditional. Mm. I don't want that. Ooh, you getting deep. <laughs> You, you said you don't want to attach perfectionism to love because if perfectionism is associated with love, it will always be conditional. <laughs> that's like... Look, yeah. <laughs> I said it right. That's, <laughs> that's dope. That's that's huge because I think so many times, you know, we, we always think of it, well, at least to me, you know, in my head, maybe, maybe you're different, but you know, you always think about love being the perfect whatever, perfect balance of this or that, or the perfect person for you, the perfect time, the per For sure. And that just, some of that, you know, in you saying that, it's just like, those are not meant to go together. No, not at all. You know. <laughs> I don't want <hope> this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's dope. Okay, sorry, y'all. I had a actually i'm not sorry i really needed to to get that off my chest okay so we'll 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 kind of dive and slide into this topic a little bit so 
what would you define as a commitment? Um, you spoke about leading with love. You, you spoke about showing love uh, in spite of how other people act or, or, you know, wanting people to be exactly who they are all the time. Um, and that, that sounds like it's a commitment to you. But what, what do you think of when you think about a commitment? Such a loaded question. <laughs> you send me those questions, and I look at the first one, and I'm like, "Shit, how am I gonna get through this?" <laughs> you know why? Let Listen. me tell you the reason why. Okay. In my personal life, I'm probably the most uncommitted person around me. Um, I have, in the past probably year, declared myself a polygamist. Um, in the past mm. probably year, I have been very open about not having a desire to commit. Because when people say that to me, the first thing I think of is restriction. <laughs> and being boxed due to the commitment. And that sounds yucky to me. <laughs> and I'm using the word yucky on purpose. Like, that sounds gross to me. So then I had to look it up, I swear. I'm like, okay, let me look up what the definition was. Because I'm like, that sounds so bad. Like a girl that I'm dating, she goes, oh, oh the C word. And I'm like, ugh, it's not really that. And so when I looked up it, there was two definitions. I was like, this is why I'm conflicted. Because the first one was the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity. I'm committed to making sure that I lead with love. I am committed to making sure that my kids grow up in a better world by any means of my hands. I'm committed to my community. I am committed to mental health and changing the narrative about it so that more people will go see a therapist and address their mental health. I am committed to all of the above. But then it got to the second one. It was like an, an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Woo, not committed. <laughs> <laughs> The second one, I said, see, this is why I'm completely... Uh. <laughs> got me. I'm good. I can't, you know? I understand that one. That is true. Everyone can count on me to do that. Second yeah. one. Um, an obligation that restricts my freedom? Whew, um, no, I can't do it. So when I think of commitment, I literally think of both. Um, part of mm -hmm. me thinks of the cause. Part of me thinks of the passion. When people hear me talk about mental health, they like, that's what she loves. They always know, like, she's yeah. into. When they hear me talk about my community and my black and brown people, they know, oh, you care. I can hear it in your throat as you talk. But as it relates to commitment of the restriction, because one thing that religion caused harm for me was it restricted my freedom. I was scared to be who I felt like I was because of the restrictions. And then when scriptures were being used as weaponry, it made me disconnect even more. And I'm like, I don't want, and then I started using words like blind faith. And I don't want to be involved. And I had to go on a spiritual journey that I was in battle with because my instant reaction was to run from, from everything that I was taught. And then I had to figure out what it meant for me. But yeah, that's what I think about when I think about that commitment because I felt like the restriction of it makes it scary for me. One of the reasons why I declare to be a polygamist is because I think that monogamy should be a choice, not a social norm. If I want to be with just you for a lifetime, I want to choose you every day, not do it because somebody told me I'm only supposed to be with one person for the rest of my life. I think relationships are about fulfillment. And so the commitment that people go into relationships, they will deal with whatever just to declare I'm committed to you. That is abuse to me. That's self-destruction to me. Why would I sign up for that? But if every day organically I choose you, that feels so much better. If every day organically I choose to work through the ugly days with you, that feels so much better. Not, I'm staying because I'm supposed to be with you for the rest of my life. That sounds stupid to me. <laughs> Listen, I, I uh, 
you know, I I am not a therapist, nor do I play one on TV. And so I'm going to leave any of the clinical diagnosis to you. However, in my own mundane brain, I, I, I just I completely agree with you in in the fact that there are things that I am wildly committed to wildly with reckless abandon. And there are other things that I completely refuse to commit to things that don't fully make me happy, that don't make me feel completely whole, that don't make me feel completely okay. I'm not committing to that. I'm just not. And until I am in a position where I feel completely whole with myself, by myself, and can share that space, there's just no point. Because just like you said, a lot of people don't really know who they are and they're assuming that their commitment is going to define them, whether it's commitment to their job, commitment to their neighborhood, commitment to their gang or their set, commitment to their spouse, commitment to their political party, commitment to their orientation, commitment to their friends. That does not define you. It is a commitment, but it doesn't. So I hear you, I, I for real, because, yeah, commitment. I love commitment. I love that because I feel very committed to the things I'm passionate about. But I also hate commitment because I feel like it could be completely warped in so many different directions. You know, so I think that's that's a that's really great that you said that. Um, mm, that's the therapist in you coming out. So how are commitments formed then? You know, um, you, you talked about your, you know, your childhood forming how you understand about commitments, you know, but again, you're the therapist. So how do we form commitments? I've seen commitment get formed through survival. Okay. Um, I can say this about my parents because I know, because I've said it to their face. My mother and father were married for 26 years and I don't think my mother was in love with my father. Um... Do I think she wholeheartedly loved him? Yes. Do I think they were compatible? Yes. Do I think that they were friends? Yes. But because of the way that my mother grew up, it was a survival technique to stay with my father, who was a good provider and a good father, because she rather her daughters grow up with that than she get the love she would want from a husband because of the reaction of what she dealt with when she was abandoned by her father. So those kind of commitments come into survival. She committed to my dad in that marriage and did everything she was asked to do and lived that life as a commitment of survival. I'm gonna make sure my daughters have this because I didn't get it. I'm gonna make sure that they grow up with this and that because I didn't. I'm gonna put them in a better position. So I'm committed to doing that because that's my survival technique being triggered. I also think that commitments happen through passion. It's that heart's desire. I think we will go into commitment because it sets our soul on fire. Um, for some people, it is a person. For some people, it is a job. Some people, it is the celebrity or something. But we will go into commitments because of how we make our insides feel. We'll go into commitments because we'll commit to keeping that feeling going. I was reading an article and they were talking about how love, that first kiss, that first intimate moment, sends such a, 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 a chemical surge to the brain, it's like taking heroin. <clears throat> and so those things that set our soul on fire, make us passionate, literally rewire our brain to keep doing. Uh, literally will tell our brain, this is good, and our brains will get addicted to it. And so we'll chase that high. And that's why a lot of people stay in destructive relationships because they're chasing the good and they they are basing their self-worth off of the success of their relationship. And so they're chasing this feeling of, okay, we're good now. Because that's the only way they can get that feeling. So I think our hearts is one another thing that what puts us into um, into committed situations because we want that. We want to stay committed to that to get that back, to get that feeling every time. So that becomes dependence. Oh, yeah. That's why people be so addicted to love and addicted to jumping in and out of relationships and can't ever be by themselves because they can't get that same high 
that same feeling from loving on themselves or they can't feel that same satisfaction from being by themselves Absolutely. until they love themselves mm, so they constantly need it from other people oh, yeah they overcompensate i was one of them that's why i know i based in my self-worth on my relationships i based in my self-worth off my busyness how many people were calling me to do whatever uh, mm. how many things i could stretch myself into I based it myself work off of that. So I began to overcompensate and jump up and down and do all of these things to get that pat on the back. Because that made sense to me. I definitely base a lot of self-worth on my ability to help other people. I truly believe in being useful. Yeah. You ain't you're not here to not serve a purpose. And if you don't know your purpose, you need to hang out with people who serve a purpose and that'll inspire you to like something. Like, I just don't understand how people who walk through life and don't know who or what. It's like, well, you're here to do something. You're not here to just take up space, you know? Like, I got to challenge you a little bit. Do it. Do it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Because I know that's, that's my own trauma responses, right? I didn't have that. I couldn't just do. I couldn't just be Kibway. I had to serve a function. Right. I grew up with five sisters. I grew up with a dad who was at work all the time, who loved us. It wasn't for lack of love or anything. And me and my brother just, we had to do. You weren't, you didn't have the luxury of just existing. So, you know, when I see people or I meet people who just don't know, you know, it's just kind of like, well, you gotta be, a, you gotta find a community of people who will inspire you to do. Because we're only here for a certain amount of time. You know what I'm saying? We get that luxury to be able to say that because some, because we may not have to um, prioritize other things that take precedent over having a purpose. Okay. There are other things, like I always talk about myself. Um, I didn't grow up worrying about lights getting cut off or if I was going to have a meal or anything like that. I was taken care of. I knew that. And I used to be judgmental of my peers because I'm like, why aren't y'all doing this? Why aren't y'all doing that? But it's hard to decide, okay, I'm gonna be better or that I have a purpose in life when they've seen no one with a purpose around them. Mm. No one has demonstrated anything about doing, everybody is in the same circumstances around them. Right. So they have, you know how much of a challenge it is to say, I'm gonna make a personal decision to be different than everything around me. Everything I learned, everything that I was taught, Every, everything that was put in front of my face and decide I'm going to have a purpose and I'm going to do better. Only 10% do that. Um, my new boss, he said that to me. He said, it's a 10, 80, 10. So 80 people will just stay right where they are and they will keep that cycle co- going. And we could talk about generational curses until we are blue in the face. But it takes a, a huge amount of power to do better. And to and a lot of times, if the survival mode will then make them tired, and they'll give up and they'll let go because they have nothing else that makes sense. It's all they've seen. How do you make that choice outside of everything you've been around? It's like somebody that only that's only heard Spanish just speaking fluent English. No, it takes some work. <laughs> they don't just say, "Boom, I'm ready." Like it takes some work. It takes some twang. It takes some learning yeah. some accents and the way we say stuff and do stuff it takes work it's a cultural yeah. shift and so i think i think mm. we have to be um empathetic to that yeah and that's why i try to my hardest to meet people where they are because we have to be empathetic to that does it give them a pass no and i say that all the time i give no one a pass Right, you right. There's a balance there, right? But do I do I got some empathy for you for sure? Because do I get it? Right. Yeah, for sure. I understand that challenge, but you don't get a pass with me because we live in a world where you can choose to do better. But we also live in a world of instantaneous gratification, and so if they don't feel better and do better in that moment, then it's not good enough. But we both know it take work. <laughs> It takes bad days and good days. It takes day by day, and I still ain't good enough. This is why I don't like the limelight. Don't nobody know that about me. I'm really shy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I had a theater director tell me one time. Um, she said, you know, 
you got to remember in whatever show you're in or whatever character you're playing, you know, you are just a vessel for this message. And ever since then, I have really just looked at my life a little bit differently because it's not so much. It's just like you say, oh, you know, I don't really like the limelight. I completely relate to that. I'm not a natural extrovert. I work to to exude the energy that I do. And then I retreat because I need to restore. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, why are you disappearing? Because I need I need some space. Like that was a lot. That was three whole days of heavy peopling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, but but I think, you know, the the idea, the analogy that she gave of being a vessel for for your purpose or for whatever it is. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit, and raised my score by 100 points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa. The best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them Kidboy sent you. That really changed the way I looked at things, you know. So when you say that, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't like being in the limelight. I think that's why you deserve it because you're a vessel. You know, you're not here just because you want to be. You're here because you 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 are here to carry something forth. And then once you've delivered it, you know, you you feel free to go on back and do whatever you need to do. <laughs> you know, you know. And so that's why I, that's why I, I rock with your spirit because that's that's that to me that level of commitment beyond what is comfortable for you that is truly that's the goods to me we can all do stuff that makes us comfortable you know and um that's why this idea of being beyond commitment because to me i feel like your commitment is just the stuff that already happens you know like um we're already committed to so many things We already are. We choose these things all the time. And then we say we don't have enough time, we don't have enough money, we don't have enough whatever. These are our choices. You know what I'm saying? Um, Where have you seen the most shortcomings with your clients or or even with yourself when it comes to determine what types of commitments are best for you? You know, because we all got to make these choices, right? So we have all these options. We have a world where we could do better. How do you decide what's a good commitment versus a bad? Um, the most universal shortcoming that I see when it comes to commitment is commitment to self. All my clients, from 10 to my 64-year-olds, they are all the same. It's the hardest commitment that I see all the time is the commitment to self. Um, and what I mean by that is a choice to choose you. Um, the answer to your question is the best things to commit to are the things that fill your cup up. I use that analogy with my clients because so many of my clients will pour out themselves into everybody, into jobs and people and relationships and all of that. And I always ask them the question because I always, everyone knows this. Like if you ask any of my clients, they be like, Mari says this all the time. I'm a biased therapist. When my clients are in my <laughs> office. I don't care about their mamas. I don't care about their husbands. I don't care about their families. I don't care about them. I care about you because you're not choosing you 90% of the time. So my job is to choose you. So every time they tell me a story, every time they tell me about a scenario, one of the first questions I ask them is, what about you? What did you get? What did you get out of it? And it's, it's not a selfish thing. And I had to realize that to choose me is not selfish. To choose me is the endurance that I need to deal with everything else. So just like you said, we'll go to social gatherings and I'll, I was at my best friend's house. She had a big barbecue for her two-year-old daughter. Blues clues everywhere, people everywhere, backyard, whole nine yards. Three, four hours in, no one can find me. <laughs> I'm in the theater room watching the best man because I need a minute. This is a lot. I'm interacting, I'm hugging kids, shaking, I'm hugging kids and shaking babies. No. <laughs> hands, kissing babies. I'm getting plates and cleaning and all that. I have to retreat because that's a lot. It's a lot. 
And I know that about myself now. And so the choice to choose you, um, that commitment to self. Uh, when I was thinking about this question, that is something I'm committed to. Myself, my mental health. I'll never, ever, ever, ever let it go again. I'll never, ever stop loving me again. I'll never, ever let my self-worth be determined by another human being ever again. I won't do that. I'm committed to that. And um, we were talking about how you get that feeling. That feeling when I figured out, like, oh, I love me. Oh, that was definitely high. And I want to keep it. So I think that the shortcoming that I see is most people want to commit to other things and can't do it internally. Commit to self, commit to bettering self, commit to holding self accountable, um, committing to them is the hardest commitment I see people to get into. Mm. Wow. Definitely the biggest shortcoming because asking that question, what about you? To my clients, I literally say it every session because they are so, it's easier to project their depression and their anxiety on other people than it is to address it internally. And so, so they'll commit to relationships and I could, it's him and I got it and he's wrong and she's wrong and they'll commit to the external stuff because facing internally means accountability. All therapists do is hold a mirror to you. That's why I feel like my biggest job is to hold a mirror to my clients and show them them. Mm, how do you break away from that though? Like, how do you get to that moment of being, you know, high on your own supply, so to speak? <laughs> you know, that rush from just being yourself. You know, I don't. There are very few moments. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I'm going to say it anyway. There are very few moments where I totally feel like, bruh, you doing this. You doing it right now. You know, like there's, there's very few. Most of the time I feel like a vessel. I feel heavy and I feel like my job is to get from one place to from the other because it's not about me. It's about the light that I'm carrying. That's what makes me special is the fact that I have the endurance the commitment, the fortitude, the grit, the whatever, to carry this burden from here to there. Because if I don't, I'm not fully occupying the purpose that God put me here to do. He gave you this capacity, you know, and it's interesting you talked about, you know, horoscopes earlier, because I'm a Sagittarius. And so I, I can, I can, I think of that often, you know, it's like you're designed to carry weight from one place to the other. You know, you are also designed to be a free spirit, to be super, super connected with others who are like you, who are also free spirited. You know, you're designed to do these things. So I don't and I think, you know, when you talked about being committed to yourself, like. I don't know about anybody else who's listening, but some of this is really hidden for me because a lot of your self-worth, a lot of my self-worth has traditionally always come from my ability to serve. Oh, yeah. To be able to to be helpful, useful, impactful, whatever you want to call it. And so, um, you know, to say, you know, well, your biggest issue is that you aren't committing to yourself enough. You know, that's that's difficult. So how do you how do you balance that? How do you get to a moment where you feel that euphoria without compromising yourself? For me, it was... I guess the reflection of how I used to feel. Um, I got mommy issues. My mom didn't accept me being a lesbian, causing some major issues for me growing up, which led to some overcompensation out of this world. And so the moment that I felt good enough without her validation, reflecting on the moments I didn't feel good enough because she didn't validate me, it just felt good. It felt good to master Marty. It felt good to be like, yeah, this is who I am. Um, the that, that high that you get is 
choosing you every day. I started doing things that I wanted to do, wearing the clothes I wanted to wear, looking the way I wanted to look without restriction at all. Because before I used to think about, oh, that, that, that wounded inner child in me used to react to stuff. And I used to do things differently because of that little inner child in me that wanted the pat on the head for my mom and that acceptance. And then to do it on my own accord feels good because I get to be in complete control. So it's almost like getting the reins back. I always use the analogy with my clients. Um, you get to write your own script. So it's like, I'm writing this play for my life and I get to talk about what the next chapter gonna look like. And that feels good versus someone else's defining what that chapter is gonna look like, whether it's gonna be a horror story or a comedy. Someone else defining that, but me having the pen and paper to write my script feels amazing. Um, I get to make it look however I want it to look. That feels amazing. Um, that's the high. Um, being able to declare autonomy is, an, is a high for me. And not by survival mode. Cause some people live in autonomy cause they can't be around anybody else. But knowing that with or without, I'll be okay, gives you a level of confidence that allows for you to deal with every situation and every person, person by person, minute by minute, because you're not basing your self-worth and your self-essence off anybody else but you and what your standards are. I think that answered the question a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I want you to uh, explain a little bit more about what it means to declare autonomy. For me, I always think of like an island. Islands are able to live surrounded by water and survive. So being able to declare autonomy means that your survival is not based off of any other person but yourself. Not that you don't need it. Not that I'm saying isolate, not that I'm saying don't, but if you can still smile and it just be you, that's that's declaring autonomy for me. When you can live on your own accord and not, I'm gonna wear this because they're doing it, I'm gonna say this because they're saying it, I'm gonna act like this because they're acting this way, but you deciding what you're gonna do, what Mari you're gonna be, that's autonomy for me. Because everything I do is because Mari wants to. It's my choices. It's my my dictation. I'm the dictator of my world. That's autonomy for me and not, oh, I'm doing it because mommy and daddy told me to. I'm doing it because society says this is how it looks. I'm doing it because that show told me that this is how I'm supposed to treat this. But having my opinions and my ideas and the way that I move be based off of my desires, my own heart's accord, the, the knowledge that I have, the wisdom that I possess, that's autonomy for me. Wow, that's what I want. When you said to be an island surrounded by water, you know, and to be completely free of the need for other people to validate or justify or understand like that sounds amazing to me some people think it's like a light switch like okay lights off you'll be this way now you're live declaring autonomy no even as i'm saying it to you it's still a day-to-day thing sometimes it's moment by moment when there's times when i'm in crisis but it's a day-to-day thing to choose, I mean, not choose, to be able to be self-sufficient, to be able to self-soothe, to be able to stand and make decisions not based off of influence of external stuff or what you want for you. It's a day-to-day thing. Sometimes I get it wrong, but I've been got it right a lot more than I got it wrong lately. And that's how you declare that autonomy is you see yourself being able to handle it. You dropping bombs, declare <laughs> autonomy. I, did, I wasn't ready. How do y'all feel right now? <laughs> if you're listening to this, are you a little shook? <laughs> I'm a little shook. I'm a little shook because that is such a wild declaration. 
that's like you know saying to the universe I am me regardless of what you are universe and regardless of what you bring me because I realize that my part is being me not anybody else mm, powerful powerful oh my goodness alright so number one suggestion for folks who are sitting in their cars driving around they probably sitting at work yeah. you know looking at their task list like why am I here I wish I could declare autonomy and get up and walk up out of here what's 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 the, what's the number one suggestion you would give them decide how to master who you are no one will ever need another you so if that's the truth decide how to master who you are and then make sure that everything you do from that day forward is in alignment with that. If that means not being at that job and do that, because it's not in alignment with that. I left my last job because of that. I couldn't sleep at night. I was morally conflicted about some of the choices that were being presented to me. And that wasn't in alignment with the Maria I decided I am. So I had to move around. Mm-hmm. that's how you do it um, me and my clients do I am statements and I tell them I am statements aren't just the corny things that say I am strong I am powerful I am smart no I am statements for my clients what I tell them is I want these to be the things that are true about you no matter where you are I don't care if you're at school I don't care if you're at the mall I don't care if you're at dad's house I don't care if you're mom's house at granny's house at the church I want these statements to be true about you no matter where you are. And if that can't be on your list, it's not one of yours. Because that's who I want you to be is master who you are. I literally do this with my 10 year old clients and they'll say things like I'm creative and I'm artistic and I'm silly and da 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 da. And I will say, is that true all the time? And they'll go, yes, okay, we'll put that on there. Because what I tell them parents is it's not my job for me to do it, to make them who you want them to be. My job is to help them master who they want to be. That's my only job is to help them master who they want to be. And for their choices, especially my teenagers, I tell their parents that all the time. I said, they 16 year old, they're not listening to you no more. So everything we do has to be motivational and palatable to them. And, they ha- and we have to empower them to be the person they decide to be. Not who you want them to be, but who they decide to be. Because if not, the moment that they're 18, they're going to leave and be the exact opposite. So I asked them, who do you want to be? And one of the first two things we do is I am statements. What is going to be true about you all the time, no matter where you are? So then when they do get angry at mom, I say, wait a minute. Is that in alignment with your I am statements? Because right here, you told me that you are loving. Was that in alignment? And then I hold them accountable. Oh, no. You you can't say I am responsible and then sneak out the window on Saturday. No, that ain't in alignment. And I say that to them, to my older clients. I I do marriage counseling all the time. I hold them accountable. That's not in alignment of being the good husband you said you want to be. And the only thing I'm doing is holding the mirror to you. That's it. This is what you said. <laughs> That's why I let them pick it. Because <laughs> this is what you said you are. I know who I am. This is who you said you are. And this doesn't look like this was in alignment. So what caused you to be out of alignment of who you are? Because my biggest goal is for you to be you all the time. So that means nobody takes you out your element. You're not going to disrespect mom, not because she told you not to, but because that ain't in alignment with who you decided you was going to be. Because they're not going to do it for them. They gonna, I need them to do it for them, for themselves, not for mom and dad and for because they older and they the guardian. I tell I tell the parents, don't even say that in front of me. They heard that already. That wasn't enough. <laughs> that wasn't enough to get you to, them to listen to you. But now that we are here... I want them to be motivated internally that I'm going to be good to people around me. 
I'm gonna love on those that love on me. And I hold them accountable for that. And that's how I do good therapy. By letting them be in control of who they're gonna be. <laughs> Ooh, you heavy. <laughs> you heavy. You heavy. <laughs> mm. Master yourself. It's only one you. They'll never meet another you with your makeup. There's only yeah. one you. And that's how I enter in every room that I enter into, every table I sit at. They're never gonna meet another Mari Love. With all my layers, all the things that make me who I am, they'll never meet another. So that's why I gotta be the best me I can be every time. And that's why I cannot restrict myself in any way. Mm. Cause they won't meet another. She preaching, y'all. She didn't come out here to preach. We were supposed to have a kind, civil conversation. She over here throwing word bombs and grenades at us. Rude. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much. All of this is so helpful. So, so helpful. Mm. Listen, so, okay. We got to get a thought exercise before we wrap this up. Because every episode, we do thought exercises. And you for sure cannot leave without a thought exercise. I mean, we done had some great thought exercises, but I'm super excited to hear your thought exercise. Uh, especially because, you know, this topic of being beyond just our commitment. Um, I just think it's so crucial because it delves right into that stuff. Like, who are you committed to being that I am? Yeah. You know, you can you can have all kinds of commitments based off of your survival or what you just like to do or but who are you really? That that's where that beyond comes in place. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, so yeah, um if if um I'm gonna do a quick a quick commercial for for uh for my 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 services and for all my podcasters out there and then uh, we're gonna come back and we're gonna do a thought exercise, okay? So we'll give you just a moment there. All right. So for any of you who are out there uh, who may be interested in podcasting, maybe you have a business, you have a passion, a skill and some expertise you want to share with the world or with uh, your perfect group of people. Um, I want to invite you um, to check out a free case study that I put out um, where I talk about the way that I create podcasts, the way that I create podcasts for myself, for my clients, um, and the way that I would encourage you to um, create a podcast. You can go to www.workwithkidboycooper.com and you can check out that case study. Um, and I want you to think about this as you are going forward um, to create podcasts or if you are curious about it, because podcasting is a really, really growing industry. The audio content world um, is outpacing video. I'm not sure if you know this, but more people listen to podcasts than are watching Netflix and other streaming platforms. So you have a real big uh, a surge in people who want connection and they're looking for you. So if you have a skill, expertise, or, or some kind of uh, um, skill set you want to share with the world, I want you to go ahead, go to www.workwithkipwaycooper.com and check out that free case study that I have there. If you have some questions after that, if you want some more information after that, you can go ahead and schedule a absolutely free call with me um, and we can talk about this. Now, you cannot buy anything on the call. Um, and if for some reason you think, you know, I really want to work with Kibway. Uh, I think the way that you're doing this is great, blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll discuss all of that. And if it's a good fit, because I don't take everybody. So um, if it's a good fit, then we can we can decide that on the call and we can go from there. I don't really, I don't do free service and I don't do cheap service because I really enjoy doing what I do. So we get really into it. But um, that case study is absolutely free and it can give you a lot of great insight on how to start your podcast. So if that is something that you're interested in after you're listening to Mari Love and you're listening to myself and you're like, man, I want to have an opportunity to share with my community the way that they are. Go to www 
Kibway, workwithkibwaycooper.com and check out that free case study. And if you're more interested, go ahead and schedule a call and we'll get we'll get you all figured out. OK, worst case scenario, you leave with some really, really great information and a real clear path on what you're going to do next. OK. All right. So we're going to get back to the episode and we're going to do a thought exercise with our guest, Miss Mari Love. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So when I was looking, thinking about doing this, I'm like, what does he want me to say? How do I leave with some thought-provoking things? So I'm going to go preacher style and talk about Uh-oh. some love a little bit, okay? All right, let's do it. Um, so I did uh, every month at the Dreamer Hookah Lounge, I always, I'm doing a new series called Love Heals All. I mean, I love Heals All. <laughs> love Speaks Values. And so the first one was over self-love. And so... Um, I want to leave your listeners with three ways to um, love yourself a little bit better. So the first one I would say is forgive yourself. That's first. Like before you do anything else, forgive yourself. Cut yourself some slack. When you left the hospital as a baby, your parent didn't get handed a handbook on how to raise you and what to do and the ifs, ands, and the whatnots. None of the above happened. No one gave us a handbook on how to do life because if that is the case, I need a copy because I have no idea. So if that is the, those are facts, then forgive yourself. You are human. Um, Even the statement of me saying people don't have to be perfect for you to love them, it starts with ourselves. When we're not perfect, we won't love ourselves. Um, Times we get it wrong, we won't love ourselves. And um, I think it's super important that we start with forgiving ourselves. Okay, so that's one. Number two, practice self-acceptance. We receive so many messages that we're not okay the way we are, Um, that this needs to look different, that our hair needs to be a little bit longer, that our smile needs to be a little straighter, that our butts need to be bigger, whatever the case. Practice self-acceptance. Find the things that you love about yourself and master it. Find the things that that are good about you and master it. Decide who you're gonna be and literally master it that no one else can tell you what it looks like but you. As if you are practicing for a position. (laughs) Practice that self-acceptance. Love on yourself. that part is so important because if we keep looking at what we should be, we'll never get to enjoy what we already are. We keep looking at what we're going to, we'll never get to look back and look at the progress of what we already made. I'm much better than I used to be. Woo! I used to be a bad to the bone, crazy, didn't care, selfish person. And I'm better than I ever was, but I'm not where I need to be yet. I got better though. Super grateful for that. So practice self-acceptance, you know, enjoy yourself right where you are. Keep moving forward, but focus on the things you love about yourself and master. Number three, give yourself mercy when life sucks. When you get it wrong, surround yourself with good people and good energy. You're not alone in that. Give yourself some mercy. Because when you give yourself some mercy, you'll give yourself room to get it wrong again. And then you'll have 10 good days and you'll have the 11th be bad. And then you'll get up on the 12th and not say, I am bad, but you'll start putting those good days back together. If you give yourself some mercy, when there's times when you get it wrong, you'll get back up. If you don't, you beat yourself down, you'll stay there. So give yourself some mercy. Because loving yourself puts you in a different dynamic with everybody around you. Then you can love others. That's the only reason why I could do what I'm doing right now. Because I started loving myself. So now I can love on everybody else. And they'll see that. And I, and when I walk around and I say, I love you, it's because I truly do. When I tell people that, it's because I love you because I started loving me. So that self-love is so important. So those are my three things. Number one, forgive yourself. Cut yourself some slack. Um, number two, practice that self-acceptance. And number three, give yourself some mercy. If you do that, your self-love will increase immensely. And then I'll tell you a personal thing that I do that helps me be a better Mari. I write myself a letter every six months. Every six months, I write myself a letter about 
where I've been, where I am now, where I'm going. I talk to myself and then in six months I read it and I hold myself accountable and I cut myself some slack on the things that I didn't do well and then I pat myself on the back for the little victories and the big ones. But I do that every six months because it helps remind me that I'm in this with me. It helps remind me that I have to hold myself accountable as much as I celebrate myself. Um, those letters uh, help remind me that I'm good enough, that I'm getting better than I, I used to be. And in the times that I don't get better in six months, I still say I'm good enough and figure out what <laughs> I need to be different. <laughs> right. Wow. Was that good enough? Was that okay? Oh, <laughs> was that good enough? She she playing with us, man. <laughs> I was making sure. That is amazing. I gotta like take a walk and let this all settle. Oh. Like, yeah, this is this is this is huge. One of the things you said that I thought was just prolific you said that that perfection that should not go with love you have to practice that on yourself first oh yeah you don't have to be perfect to deserve the love that you want and that is huge that's huge for any of y'all listening um, first of all, thank y'all for hanging out because some some people might have might have had to had to you know shut this down because it was just getting too much. Maybe they at work, they need some time to process. They can't be getting all in their feels. They got stuff to do. I know for sure. For, you know, but for for those of you who are still listening, um, first of all, thank you. Um, this is this is this is my gift to 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 us and our community here at Empower You Podcast. You know, we were doing work. This is, you know, this is absolutely fun, good space, but we're doing work so that we can show up better for ourselves and the people that we love. Um, Miss Mari, can you tell us how we can stay connected with you, how we can engage with your message, how we can support you, how we can uh, show love? Like, you got a Cash App, you got a Facebook, you got a Instagram, you got a business we can support, like... Tell us, tell us, tell us all of it. Um, you can always reach out to me on Facebook. It's become my, you know, market uh, lately, but also something that I just dropped at the last Southside Love link up is my website, um, southsideloveresources.com. You can send me emails on there. You can see what's going on in the community. You can see what events I have coming up and what other people in the community have coming up. There's also a lot of small businesses on there. Um, it's literally just a place for resources. So if you ever guys are ever on there and you want to put your business on there, if you want to get some information out, always reach out to me. So that's southsideloveresources.com, southsideloveresources.com. Com. My cash app is Southside Love 20. Um, right now, I only thing that I'm trying to do is spread the resources as much as possible. And then I'm figuring out what I'm going to do before the kids go back to school. Um, I really want to target some high schoolers and really get them ready for back to school life and it being as normal as they possibly can. But other than that, um, I'm down for any collaborations. Like even when people, you know, call me to talk, I'm always down to talk. I'm always down to be a resource. You can, if as a therapist, I'm working at Phoenix and Associates. Um, their number is 260-424-0411. So um, I'm taking clients right now. Yeah, I just got my hats and everything. I just got a new job. <laughs> nice. So I've just been busy. Every time somebody asks me what I'm doing, I just say, you know, book busy and blessed. That's all I can say. <laughs> book busy and blessed. Listen, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's love. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So, okay, y'all, you all heard this. All of this information will be in the show notes. So if you are listening to this on your computer, on your phone, I want you to take just a second. And I want you to look at this episode. I want you to hit five stars and say, Mari, we love you. And click on her website and tell her what you got from this. It just take you like two seconds. It's not 
it's not that big of a deal. I love feedback. But I want you to, yeah, we need that feedback because we're building something here and you're a part of it. Um, so go ahead and write in, uh, leave comments, all of that, all of that. We appreciate, um, Mari, thank you so, so much for being here. Um, I look forward to, to doing more events, uh, with you present, doing more collaborations with you, seeing more things from you, participating in more things that you put together. Um, so however I could be a resource, uh, whether it's with podcast or anything else, um, let me know. I would love, love, love to continue to to help and, and, and grow a space that, you know, we can all fit in. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So um, is there anything you want to leave with us before we go or are you all good? Everybody needs a therapist. Get a therapist. Go talk to somebody. Go let somebody put a mirror to you so you can learn some things about yourself. But yeah, everybody needs a therapist. So that's that's one thing I got to plug. All right. Get your therapist, y'all. And if you are interested, she is taking clients. Do you do virtual clients too? Yes, I do. Okay. So if you felt a strong connection to Mari and you just like, yo, I need her to put a mirror to my life, hit her up. Hit her up. Okay. Don't be shy. Don't be sitting behind your computer (laughs) acting weird. You got this. So um, to all those listening and and to my lovely audience, Uh, I appreciate all of you all so much for rocking with Empower You podcast. We are going to continue to bring you thoughtful, encouraging, empowering, real world wisdom and encouragement. Uh, We believe in tough conversations and and, uh, sharing and leaving a ladder for the future. So that's what we're doing over here. There will be an event at Promenade Park on July 10th from 6 to 530 to 8 p.m. Uh, where we will be doing an, uh, a Path to Power event. We're going to have a guest speaker. There will be a live podcast recording. We're going to have some beverages, some booze, um, and we're going to sit together. We're going to have a real, real good time. So if you are in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and you are looking, go ahead and go to Empower You Podcast on Facebook, um, and you will definitely uh, see the links for that event. Okay, so Um, Thank you all for being here. I look forward to bringing you more and I will talk to y'all a little bit later. Peace. Peace. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.